This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 293, brought to you by Bad Girls Club on Oxygen, graphically, and iFanboy listeners like you. Yep, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around every once in a while. I was born in the bed of thorns, surrounded by men with horns, wicked forms, but still I was happy to be born. I grew up in a house of tin, a mouse of men, rats and roaches lacking oxygen. Every night I dream, I feel ghosts. 
crying, favorite uncle's dying. Mom's trying, pops lying. Mom's going across his head with a frying pan. Me and my man made plans to rule the land and raise a fam. Now my man stands six feet deep in a box covered with sand. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 293. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. Hello. (laughs) iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read them. Every week we read a bunch of them, and then one of us has the job of picking the one that they feel is best. Sometimes that's easy, sometimes that's hard, and they write about it on the website, and then we come here and talk about that, and there are other books from the week, and, and some stuff, just some random stuff. We might read an ad. You know, it's, it's how it works. I got you know, it's the world today. Before we get going, there will be spoilers. That's your warning. If you haven't read your books yet, uh, come back later after you have, or or forge ahead bravely and onward. It's 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 totally fine. It's up to you. But you've got your warning. There will be the events of the books discussed. That's how, that's how it works. At the end of the show, we are going to tell you all about what is up at San Diego Comic Con International this year for iFanboy. What is and, up and, with San Diego? What is the deal with Sa- what is the deal with CCI? <laughs> How come CCI isn't the hashtag? Because no one calls it that. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, Connor, Connor, you are much aggrieved. You have a pick. Well, you guys know those of us who are in the pick of the week business. All of the, us. Uh, this racket that we are in, that we've t- tied our horses to, and are being drugged behind. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's you have a week where you just you love everything you read. You're excited. You you just can't wait to write about the book you love and. And uh, just tell the world what you thought about the best book of the week. That was last week. Which is that funny, was, which is funny because th- I had that feeling this week, and I was mad I didn't have the pick. All right. So, and this week, yeah. I couldn't have cared less to write about any of the books I read. I had 23, 24 books, and I liked a lot of them were very solid books. It, it should and, be pointed out, it was very hot that day. But the thing is, like... This was a great week. I, I, like, I, I was kind of shocked had, that you had a hard time books, picking one. And because, I, had, I had a lot of books that I quite liked a lot. There were a lot of like great, ch- good chapters, good solid chapters in a story, but nothing that I read that blew me away. Where I put it down and I went, "Oh!" Like it was like it happened like four or five times last week. Whereas this week, when I finished my stack, I found any excuse to not write the pick. I went and I did the dishes. I took a shower. I cleaned up a little bit. I was hoping something would come to me. Nothing ever did. So at the end of the day, I just went through the books and I picked the one I had the most fun reading. Um, and it was a, again a four star book. I haven't. I, I don't think. Moon Knight was the last time I picked a four-star book as a pick, and I don't. I didn't ever know you before. had that whole grading thing. I didn't know your pick had to be a five-star book. I don't. I don't. I don't live by that rule at all. Well, you assume that the best thing of the week is going to be a five-star book. Well, that, that, we're opening a whole can of worms. I should be quiet. I agree. We, I grade on a curve week to week, for example. So. <laughs> uh, no, I don't do that. So, Batgirl number twenty-three ended up being the pick of the week, and um, it was bittersweet because it's second to last issue. And it's funny because I wrote a whole pick of the week review, sort of. Uh, Summing up the series, and I realized I probably shouldn't because it's not over yet, and maybe the next one will be a pick of the week, so I deleted it and started over. Um, it <laughs> you really was, didn't want to publish it this week, did you? God, it was really just – you guys know. Sometimes you just can't get it out. There's just nothing coming. No, I know. Hey, man. Hey, it happens to everybody. Don't worry. Wait, are yeah. we still talking about writing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you I took any excuse not to write the pick. Um, all, so, all, of Connor's, uh, all of your procrastinations seem to have been water-based. <laughs> took a shower. You did it the was. Dishes. Well, you're right. It was hot. It was like 100 degrees. Out. It was. It was awful. Anyway, I ran, through, I ran through the sprinklers. I did some slip and slide on the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, really good shows don't get to the point of what they're talking about. Well, that's you can see because there's not there's not a whole lot to talk about. The, the, so I'm trying to fill the time. Batgirl <laughs> 23 is um, another just a solid <laughs> chapter in the Batgirl story. And if you've heard me talk about it before, there's not much is different. Brian Q. Miller is a great writer. He's one of the best new voices in comics. Not in the reboot as of yet. Uh, on a book. He's also a TV writer, so I'm sure he's, he's doing fine. He's got work. 
Um, but in, in these two years, it, it, I actually made a comparison in the review very quickly to Power Girl. That Power Girl had a great two-year run, and Batgirls had a great two-year run. They're both kind of under the radar, except for the diehard fans. And both will be great collections of trades that you can give to people and say, what is a great story I can read that's all pretty much self-contained, that features great characters, great action, great, great art, a writer who really seems to get you know, comics. Brian Q, you know, most guys who come on from other mediums, I don't know Brian Q. Miller's history. He may have written a lot of comics before, but he's, also, he's primarily a TV writer. And most, as you guys know, most people from other mediums come in and don't really get, to, get how to do it. There's always a couple that do, but most of them don't. Um, he really gets comics. He really gets how to make you care for a character in the midst of action. So it's not all action. It's not all just talking heads. It's both. And characterizations weaved through the story. And you know, as a two-year run, this is going to be fantastic. And I know people are sad it's 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 going to be changed in the in the reboot, and I I am, but I've come to accept it. I'm looking forward to Barbara Gordon. But in the meantime, if you've been following this along, this is sort of the culmination of the whole two-year story where Batgirl's coming to her own. This Stephanie Brown, she's defeating the or fighting the villain she's been fighting for the last year, which I haven't really loved actually, and. Now she's come face to face with her father, who is the whole reason why she's a superhero. We haven't really seen much of him. That was the big cliffhanger in the issue is that she goes to Blackgate Prison to stop a riot. She has some help from Supergirl and Stargirl and Miss Martian and a couple other people. And then the riot leads her to her father, who was the, uh, the, the trickster, I believe. So that's going to be a nice sort of emotional wrap to the whole arc is when we get to sort of she has to have it out with her father, who is the reason why she's here in the first place, because she was rebelling against her evil dad. Um, Great art from Pere Perez, who is the sort of unofficial fill-in artist. He's done six of these issues, and he's got a great sort of clean, classic superhero style. You know, it's, it's uh, the kind of thing you look at and you think of superhero comics. It's not overly rendered. There's not, it's not very envelope-pushing. It's just very solid storytelling, great emotion from the characters. In a book like this where there's a lot of emotions being felt, especially from Batgirl, it's important to have an artist who can convey emotions, not just through dialogue, but through the pictures, and Pep Perez can do that as well. So, I mean, if you've been enjoying Batgirl, you, you probably love this issue, and it's another, you know, really good, solid, strong four-star Batgirl issue, which was, at the end of the day, made my pick of the week in a, in, a, in a week where nothing really blew me away. So, was this a bad week to expand the pick of the week discussion segment to 25 minutes? Yes. All right, because we're good. Because you know you're, you're gonna need we need at least fifty more minutes on Batgirl, Connor. I got recipes to talk about. Well, it's interesting when I when I saw the pick of the week, I, I I probably had a similar reaction that you guys had when I picked Moon Knight three last week, which was like, huh, really? And but then I you know I thought about it. And it makes sense that you got you you've been everyone's been enjoying this run. You've been enjoying this run. Yep, um, I've heard nothing but good things about Brian Q. Miller. I didn't pick it up. I didn't read it. I didn't you know sure. like I'm not. No, but it wouldn't I'm, it wouldn't make much. Sense. I mean, it's, it's sure. the culmination of the I'm, story. I yeah. bought like one of the. Middle I bought like issue thirteen or something. I was like, I don't know, I don't know what this is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's okay, old man, get off my lawn. I, said, well, well, <laughs> what is it? I was like, you got you got twenty pages to grab me. Forget it, I'm done. <laughs> and you had lunch with Larry. King. What did you do? Now, now you're an old like, Hollywood. 40, 40. <laughs> you had Saturday brunch with Larry King and uh, Morty Scheinfeld did something like this back in '74. I don't know what the point is. But um, but yeah, no. So I wasn't surprised that you picked it. I mean, it it, it just it made sense in that regard. But uh, but I, I gotta admit. There were at least four other books I would have thought you would have picked Pick of the Week before uh, Batgirl. Well, there was, a, there was some books I didn't like, but for the most part, again, a lot of just really – that was good. 
You know, you, know, you, know, you know what's really funny is that as we go through some of these books, I feel like the conversation is going to be less about why they were good and more about why weren't they pick of the week, Connor? All right. Well, we can do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's have some fun with anyone. it. Yeah. I, I have an let's answer just... for the first one. So. Okay. Let's be loose. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's dive in. So Captain... well, I'm sure people thought Captain America number one would be the pick. Yeah. So, love... you, so you got Ed Brubaker and Steve Niven launching the new Captain America series. Captain America number one, Steve Rogers back in the costume. Connor, why do you hate democracy? Well, uh, <laughs> Josh reviewed this early on the, on the website, and I thought this was a very fine issue. Yep. There was nothing wrong with it. The McNiven's art was wonderful. This was the kind of McNiven art you want. Yep. Um, it just it was missing that, that oomph from a first issue that really gets you excited about it. And I'm, of course, excited about it because I like Captain America, but it, it was lacking a spark of excitement. It was very solid. It laid out the groundwork for what, what the story's going to be, and... It yep. did that stuff, but it didn't really blow me away. And I think I it got was, that from Josh, too. From a story standpoint, it was kind of sparse. Like, it was very good. I gave the writing, you know, a four. It was. There was nothing wrong with it. There's nothing missing. But it was sort of standard. The thing to get you excited about it would have, would have, would have been the art. And, and, you know, it was. The art was fantastic. Um, and it's a start of a kind of interesting story. And, and I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. But I could totally see I wouldn't have made the pick either. Right, um, I mean, and I thought it was good. I agree that it was um, it was good, McNiven. Um, yeah. the, the past couple of years, we've seen not so good McNiven, but this is the kind of McNiven that I, I like. Um, and I actually was impressed by some of the layouts themselves. Yes, the layouts are yeah. great. There was some really cool um, use of you know, like there was a couple of circle panels, and there was a couple of good. Um, there was one great panel when after the cemetery, after the guy shot. Um, shot at them, and Steve runs off, and you got Nick Fury, Dum Dum, and and Sharon Carter all reacting, and Steve running underneath them. Yes. Like that was yes. a great panel, I thought. A, a, I like, a great page. Yeah, I like the cast a lot. Like I like the setup. I'm I'm totally cool with this, and I you know. But at the same time, like mysterious stranger from the past shows up. No one else knows who he is. We have I'm like we have seen it. Right. It's it's not it's not terribly unusual, but completely solid. Very enjoyable. Totally. You Again, know. very solid. And there's a lot of yep. things of this week that were very solid, but not. You know, didn't didn't do didn't blow up my skirt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. No. I agree. It was a, definitely it was a solid f- number four, uh, a four star book in my my book yep. as well. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So, so what was wrong with the Red Wing number one by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Vitara? <laughs> I like I like the art a lot. It's kind of quietly esque. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very much so. Um, it, it's the same problem I have with a lot of Hickman's indie work, which is it's very sort of sparse. And I, the story's very ob- the story's very oblique, I, and it's, you don't I don't really get much of an emotional hook in, into it. And now the thing is with Hickman's work is, especially his indie stuff, is when it's all said and done, I usually like it a lot more. Yeah. It's just that in the beginning, I find it hard to latch onto what's happening because he throws a lot of stuff at you information wise, and you have to sort of really. He, he, the thing I like about Hickman is he doesn't talk down to you. He he, he assumes you're gonna no. yeah. he, you're gonna figure out what's going on, and I like that a lot. I, I appreciate that, and I'm not, that's not a detriment to the book at all. It's just. I don't feel much about the characters. I don't know. What, you know, it's sort of the thing where I'm going to have to build into the story as, as opposed to right. jumping in right off the bat. Well, for, for those who don't know, um, you know, the, the, the book's called The Red Wing, published by Image, and it's um, basically like the, 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 the slug or the one-liner is it's like time-traveling fighter pilots. Yeah, I which, like that. Which is great. And when I sat down and read it and I read, you know, and, and the book opens up, um, and you see this guy. You see this, you know, the uh, guy in the fighter, in the fighter ship, and he's got the helmet. And they're go, they're jumping through time, and you get a feeling, okay, they're traveling through time. They're fighting some sort of battle, and then something happens, and then you get through like the first six pages, and he turns to the the four pages of just text, mm-hmm. and with the big two page Red Wing title, and I just went, oh, this is great. This like, mm-hmm. it, felt, it felt like a movie. 
You know what I mean? Like we saw the opening scene and here's the opening credits and now and then it takes us and introduces us to the to the current character. And you're right, it gives us a lot, a lot of information. But this totally hits on, you know, time travel is one of my favorite kind of topics, so it totally hits me on that. And basically it's the idea that the guy we saw in the opening was the main character's father and he's yep. assumed to be dead, but the son won't give up and thinks that he maybe could be trapped in time. And we find out by the end of the issue that the father is indeed alive and he's trapped in time and and it just uh it just it, it was so cool. It's a combination 12 monkeys top gun you know like a no, little bit there's of no that. top gun well there's no well, the, 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 the <laughs> fact no, that it's no, no <laughs> take that back take it back but um take it back but yeah i loved it i i, I thought it take was it great. back i thought it was great i'm not taking it back it was, i thought it was take, great take. so you, um you, you mother top gun uh, in space but yeah I, the, uh, nick patara is very frank quietly asked that's a really good observation the, the art was really nice for me, uh, and I thought the exact same thing about the art. I was like, "Oh, it's it's quietly horrific," yeah. and uh, for me, like Hickman's stuff has been sort of hit or miss at Marvel. Like, I've, it's good, but I haven't loved it. But I mean, I I thought Pax Romano was fantastic, and I saw somewhere recently Hickman said that was his favorite thing that he'd done, and this sort of touches on a little of that because that was a time travel history story. Also, yeah. um, this was my pick of the week. I loved this. Yeah. I was like, "Jesus, look at this guy's chops!" Yeah. I mean, I was I was like, it's hard not to be impressed. I thought. Just in the sort of world building and conceptual, yeah, uh, sort of era, era. and I, 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 no one's doing work like that. At least no one's doing work like that that anybody sees. Yeah, you know what I mean. There might be comics like this somewhere because right now there's a guy like I've been making this comic for years and no one reads it. Hmm. But uh, really, I thought I was, I was, oh, that's see, these are the kind of things that aren't done enough with comic books that people read. Yep. Agreed. Uh, that's that's kind of why it made me happy. I can't wait. It's very this. very heady. So it's a four issue miniseries, and I believe Hickman has taken the tact of they, they didn't get solicited and come out till they're done. So I think this will ship on time, but I'm not for sure. So I could be mistaken. But, but, but we could finish it in 2016. Yeah, exactly. That well, happened. it's time travel, so you know how it is. Yeah. All right. So Fine. so yeah, love the Red Wing. That was a five star book for me. It wasn't my pick of the week though. But um, uh, and then we'll get we'll get to my pick of the week next because Connor, um, X Men Schism number one. Why do you hate Jason Aaron? I this is again another solid <laughs> issue in the same way that Cap, a little bit better than Captain America, in that I bet for an X Men fan this was this, this was, was fantastic but. so good this was so good I like <laughs> it was I was giddy reading it I mean I, I emailed you guys as soon as I read it right I'm like this is fucking fantastic yeah and it was really really good it yeah. was I mean I think as a if I was a big X-Men fan it probably would have been pick of the week but I, I also really liked it it yeah. was very good it was a four star book um, oh it was a five star totally did, five star did it lose the star because you thought that Wolverine was just a bit too stocky he was he was a bit stocky. Well, I he was got, very stocky. Well, I have to, I don't, I, not I, a complaint. Totally I have to give credit. Uh, you know, out out of the costume, I could see that, but in costume, Pacheco was channeling uh, 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 Cassidy's Wolverine. Yeah, in this big was, time, yeah, and, and, and and honestly, this was the this is probably the best Pacheco I've seen in a long time. I, I just I wish really, we had Avengers I, Forever Pacheco back. Yeah, I read you and me both. This yeah. is the first X Men book I've read in years. You you read it? Oh my God! What do yeah. you think? I really liked it. It was it fun. was good, right? It, I mean, I liked I liked the uneasy sort of. I, you know, all the ads led you to believe that this is just going to be Wolverine and Cyclops hitting, hitting each other. But no. I really, I really actually liked their uh, relationship as it was the sort of grudging. Well, yeah, well, affection. And really. I, yeah, let me break it down for you as the X Men fan. Um, you, you, I mean, you, what you've got is you got uh, Jason Aaron introduces Wolverine connecting with one of the Generation Hope kids. Um, one of the girls keeping the tradition of Wolverine and teen, teen girls. So, yeah, so that happened. This is a tradition you want to keep up. Um, but then I thought his characterization, well, first off of Wolverine, we already know Jason Aaron knows how to write Wolverine. And yep. he's the only writer now that acknowledges the fact that Wolverine is in so many different places. 
Yeah. And I love the little jokes where he, you know, like when, so it opens up with Wolverine coming home, and he's all he's got arrows and ch- throwing stars stuck in him and whatever, and he's exa- <laughs> he didn't clean them off exactly, and he's exhausted and he's crawling into bed and he's just like Avengers X Force, everybody can kiss my ass, I'm gonna go to sleep, you know, and like it just like it's great little touches to that, and then Cyclops gets him out of bed and asks him to go accompany him to uh, to give this speech at like not the UN, like another place, but um and. Like and I talked to Jason Aaron on Don't Miss about this because he's written Wolverine a lot, but he hasn't written Cyclops a lot. And the characterization between these two characters together in that opening scene of them going to this meeting, I thought was fantastic. Like it, it like he subtle things like Wolverine calling Cyclops slim, which so many writers have forgotten about. Um, and they, that's and, funny because that instantly brought me back to I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah, good. Exactly. Even I know that. Yeah, and then and then they had that nice uh, flashback panel. Um, when they were kind of when Cyclops was thanking Wolverine, Cyclops thanked Wolverine for um, backing him up and that sort of thing. And there was a little flashback to b- way back in the day when Wolverine yelling at Cyclops saying, "I ain't taking orders from you," you know. And that was a nice little touch, you know. Like, and it you really get the idea that Jason Aaron has a reverence for the X Men's past, but at the same time is moving them forward. Um, which, as an X Men fan, is all I've ever wanted. So uh, this is great. This is fantastic. Um, and I like the new villain. I like. I like that we got the Hellfire Club back. I like that we we got the old Sentinel design back. Like just big fucking robots. You know, like none of this nanobites and nano nanites and all that kind of stuff. Like it just it's distilling it down to what works for the X Men, and that's why Schism is so so good. Um, and it was a double sized issue, which was some awesome awesome art. It went pretty fast for that, though. Yeah. And I don't mean I don't mean that in a bad way. Like you, sometimes double size issues, like oh, get on with it. But yeah. it was not. I, I actually I really did enjoy it a lot. Yeah, this was clear. This was my pick of the week, which is no surprise, but because I'm biased. But I, I don't mind. I'm biased. I loved it. Well, see the thing. I I start to lose track of X Men when there's a bunch of characters there. I don't know what's going on, and they get into you know all sort. Of, but like you know the core sort of guys have been around for a while, and their relationships. I, I do find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the next issue comes out in two weeks. Which so Josh, will you stick with it or? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Until 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 I realize that I'm not thinking about it anymore, and then it's lost me. Right. All right. Fair All right enough. Go. I'll write that. Fair enough. All right. Um, so the book that, that a lot of people uh, liked this week, I think yeah. it was. Is it the yeah? Uh, the, the big one. We'll get to that. Uh, Ultimate Fallout number one. This is sort of the the next follow up from Dead Peter Park. Is that a spoiler still? That no, it's not a spoiler. So that leaves the question, Connor. Why do you have a dead cold heart? This felt unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't. I really didn't. Didn't love it. Didn't hate it. Just read it. And I was like oh, that was a comic book. Yep. And moved on. It was. I didn't need this. I didn't need this issue. <laughs> I actually. I, I actually kind of agree. It, it felt a little rote yep. in that I felt like I'd read it. I just feel like we've done this kind of issue in this book. I don't know recently, but people have been we dying. Did it after they thought he died before. It was that. Remember yeah. That movie, yeah. Yeah. I, I, the only it felt, thing it I was very was, reminiscent to uh, to the whatever the uh, what was the tidal wave ultimatum ultimatum yeah, yeah it felt yeah, very maybe that's yeah, it. yeah. Uh, and there's that issue, or there was there was two pages in here with the little girl who asked her if she needs a hug, and he saved her life. And I, I thought that was really nice. That was the, the, that was the best the, moment in this book. Yeah, there, there was a bunch of at least for me. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I, I I agree with you guys that I think that it's you know it felt very ultimatumy. It felt we kind of been there, and I kind of I I kind of want to just move on with it. But that said, I did get a little teary at a couple of points because it's basically it was pushing. It was easy to push emotional buttons. Yeah. You know, like it opens up with all the main characters kind of sitting there dealing with the fact that Peter Parker is indeed dead and just little, you know, little quiet moments of each of them dealing with it and then leading up to the funeral where, you know, Aunt May 
uh, goes to goes to St. Patrick's Cathedral in Manhattan, and it's swamped with people. And you know, get it, it very. It was a very easy button to push by Bendis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like the, the two page uh, Jameson spread. Yes, that was, that was really, great. Yeah, uh, that, that that's a really nice use of the the page and the form. I guess. Yeah, sort yeah. of erases a little. But so. um, but yeah. So Did I you am, say racist. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice it's a nice use of the racist. He hates. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, <laughs> he hates those cans. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So whether or not they're doing this because they need more time before the relaunch, or they feel as if they need to, you know, close the story of these characters. That's, I don't a, know. that's yeah. a standard Marvel move. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's that one morning issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be six morning issues. No, is it's it a, a six ha- issue? Is this yeah. this is not a six issue series, is it? Yes. No. It's also not a college project. Yes, it is. It's a six issue series. Chapter this one is- of six. Look at the look at the first page. Holy crap. So the rest of the next two issues are the service. Where do you see chapter one of six? Oh, I see it on the, on the uh, right under the title. Oh yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> chapter is it shipping? Is it shipping bi-weekly? It's weekly, I think. Okay, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna read all of them. I'm not sure. I'm torn between my love of the universe that he's created and my amb- ambivalence about this whole thing. Well, yeah. I mean, again, that that Somni issue could be the end of the run. You know what I mean? Like it could end right there and be happy with it. I, you know, I'm I'm sticking with it because I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with the Ultimate Comics, Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Oh, I don't mean that. I, I mean this particular mini. Oh, this particular mini. Well, but yeah. you don't feel as if you need to read this to go into the new relaunch. I'm sure you don't have to. All right. I'm sure, I bet Connor can sort it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I'm just Connor, you're gonna get a phone call, Ron. Uh, I know I've got. I know I'm gonna eat my words on this. It's embarrassing, but I, I got uh, number one of Ultimate. Spider- I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> costume. He can climb on walls. I'm lost. I figured they'd at least explain it to me in a recap page, but I, I get, I'm getting nothing out of this. This may, as, this may as well be in Sanskrit. I don't. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Oh God! Like, Connor, Connor. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, all right. So moving on. Uh, so Green Lantern number sixty-seven. Um, well, that 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 ends our uh, Connor questioning. Uh, of, well, there's one more, but that's fine. Oh, there is one more. What's the well, one later more? on? But that's not a big deal. Oh, okay. Well, you you let us know when, when, when it was. I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Josh, then you. I didn't buy, so that's that's why it wasn't. Oh, okay. Big. Why the question then is why didn't you buy it? I stopped buying this. M- Why do you hate commerce? Why do you hate commerce? So, uh, Green Lantern number sixty-seven. Um, the conclusion to our long n- national nightmare of the War of the Green Lanterns ended. And mark this issue, mark this day, it, this week in comics. Yeah. This is the first time that I finally got lost in the Green Lantern books. <laughs> I, I open up the first page. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> did you call Connor? Yeah, I did. Listen. God, listen, there's this guy, and he's got a ring, and I just don't know what's going on. I, I, and I talked to Andy Bergenz about it once, but I, I don't know what the, that guy was talking about either. And, oh. I love the idea that we don't actually read any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, the idea. Anyway, so um, but because the reason why I was lost is because I get either because of the delay or whatever. Did the War of the Green Lanterns go to another book since the last issue? Like, it's, well, it's been shipped out of order. The uh, the post stuff already shipped last week. This no. is the wrap. 
Oh, okay. Maybe yeah, the aftermath of War of the Green Lantern shipped in the last in last week's core book and the other book. And oh, well, this... I don't read Green Lantern Corps. That's the thing is like I don't read Green Lantern Corps. Well, this 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 story's been going across all three books, so you've been missing chapters. Oh, well, Jesus! Not. But but this is the week where I was like, all right, I don't know. Well, because th- what really got <laughs> to me notice. was the guy. Yeah, exactly. What got to me was last time, last issue, they were all all the Hal and John Stewart and Guy and and Kyle were like colored lanterns. And oh, here we go. No, <laughs> no. And this opens up, and they're Green Lanterns again. And so, so you, you missed this chapter where they must have gone back. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally missed that. So, um, my bad, my B. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so basically, all the Green Lanterns fight the uh, the Guardians, and um, Kyle gets the draw, which I thought you would like, Connor. You know that big book, the big book of, uh, of the Black Lantern book that that yes. uh, uh, all the all the various colored lanterns, Atrocitus and Larfleas and Saint Walker and Ka- Carol were trapped in the book, and so Hal told um, Kyle to draw them out, and so he draws. Did he charge for sketches? <laughs> yeah, or? No. He's like, well, I, yeah, I do fifty dollars for a head sketch. Hal, did you want, <laughs> did you want color? Because that's going to be that's going to be considerably more. But um. Uh, but so that was kind of neat, and then um, all the rings go out to find themselves again. But for some reason, they like the yellow ring no longer likes Sinestro, um, and that leads into the fact that then uh, the Green Lantern connects to Sinestro, and this is where Sinestro becomes a Green Lantern again. Um, Let's just forget all the genocide and all the stuff you did. Yeah. Yeah, bygones. Well, what, what's, what was kind he of got an- a new haircut. So what was kind it's of fun. annoying too was. So it finishes, they defeat Cronus, you know, everybody's back to what they need, and the Guardians are back, and Sinestro is a Green Lantern, nobody really knows what to do, and so the Guardians just pull the same bullshit. Like, they teleport all the other Lanterns off, and they're like, you're not welcome on Oa, and then they yell at Hal because he killed a Guardian, because he killed Cronus, even though he's a Guardian, you know, because he killed him, and then they dismiss Hal, they strip him of his ring and teleport him back to Earth, and then they say, we'll deal with Sinestro, and that's, and so it's like more of the same, the Guardians are just jerks. Way so, more than Professor X. Yeah, exactly. Way, way so, more. I don't know. It just it was it was. I was like, oh man, I can't wait for this reboot. <laughs> I well, the Green Lantern is getting like the least amount of rebooting. I know. I know. So exactly. It's, exactly. Same, it's just sad because I loved Green Lantern years ago. It's just it's it's so it's a mess now. But Mogo died. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. All right. I picked up Amazing Spider-Man six fifty five, even though I dropped on the last issue. Right. So I picked it up for Stegman, Ryan Stegman's art because he's great he's and he's very excited about it on Twitter. Yep. And wonderful art. Oh, just am- amazing. I could I just don't care about the story, so I'll be dropping it back again when I assume it's just a one-time thing with Stegman. Well, again, I mean, well, yeah, with Stegman, the the art was he did a great job. He did a it was, it was so good to see like really really well well done. Um I Slightly felt, different style than I saw in She-Hulk's from him, which was more of a Man O'Connor style. This is a this is a bit sketchier. Yeah. Um Again, I think the theory is is that Slot is writes a certain kind of story, and so far when the ones where he writes the story but someone else dialogues it, I like those issues better. Mm-hmm. And this issue was written by Slot Whole Hog, and I got really annoyed about halfway through because he had Peter acting in a way that Peter would never like wouldn't act. Like the whole premise was that Betty Brand was about about Peter and Betty's relationship and how they get together for movie nights. But you know, over the years, Peter's let her down because he's been Spider Man, and how all she wants to go see is this foreign movie. All she wants to go see is this foreign movie, and Peter bails on her, and Flash bails on her, and so she goes by herself, and then she gets attacked, and it's just right back to the Spider Man flashbacking to the guy who killed Uncle Ben, and I just like so halfway through, I'm like, oh come on, really. But then it ended really strongly, and so then I, I got a little tugged at my heartstrings a little, and so I kind of came, came around to it a little bit. 
because um, basically what happened was that as opposed to going to be with Betty in the hospital, Peter goes out to try to find the guy who attacked her, and Aunt May gets Peter on the phone and basically yells at him, and then he says, all right, he leaves the guy be and goes to the hospital, which is the right thing to do, which is kind of a growth. This is one of those one-off kind of character growth series, so... Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it was t- it was it's it was, it's tough. It's I, I agree with you on the the writing is a little a little slacking. So yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna off 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 Spider Man again until a creative team change. Yeah, Stegman is great though. If they put Stegman on this regularly, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be hard to drop because he's yeah. he's really really good. Yeah, Josh, did you read this because of Stegman or no? No, I think I missed that, but uh, I want to go get it. Go get it. But then again, you just sold it so well uh, <laughs> to the art, but the rest of you are like, oh, but it's not good though. <laughs> but it's not good. Anyway, all right, cool. So uh, real quickly, we want to thank our sponsor uh, for this episode and, and remind you to check out Bad Girls Club from Oxygen. Um, this year at San Diego Comic-Con, Oxygen um, and IDW have teamed up to bring the hit reality show Bad Girls Club uh, to the world of comics. Uh, debuting at the San Diego Comic Club is Bad Girls Club, an illustrated episode uh, which features a new group of bad girls that possess superpowers and want to show the world that bad girls were put on this earth to do some good. Um, and while you're checking out the illustrated episode, you can check out the new season of Bad Girls Club, season number seven, which takes place in New Orleans, uh, back on Oxygen on August 1st at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Check your local listings and your local channel listings for what channel it is or if you have Oxygen. I, I assume that's one of the – is it a basic cable channel? Yes. Probably, yeah, yeah, so you can get it. I don't have cable, so I apologize. Um, but um, if you're into the Bad Girls Club, make sure to follow them on Twitter at uh, BGC on Oxygen. Um, and go to Facebook and fan their fan page to get all the Bad Girls Club news at facebook.com slash thebadgirlsclub. And you can find more information at oxygen.com. And if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, be sure to check out the Bad Girls Club illustrated episode and watch Bad Girls Club on Oxygen this August. All right, now I assume many thought back, Detective Comics 879 would be the pick of the week. Also, um, but again, uh, I, I, like, did, I like, did not suspect that. I assumed that people who read it expected okay. that. All right. uh, oh. Like, oh. like Captain America and like X Men, again, a very solid, solid comic. But it was also kind of the middle chapter. Like the big surprise came in the last issue, mm-hmm. and this was sort of the the next you know middle sort of chapter before the big conclusion. So it was really good. Francisco Francavilla's art was fantastic. He did a really creepy Joker and a, a really creepy Joker aftermath of mass murder, which we put on the best panel feature in iFanboy. Could be, it could be a scene of the week. You know, yes. it, was, it was a damn good scene. Yes. But again, it was kind of the middle part. And it was, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. big, the big sort of thrills happened in the last issue. And I'm sure they'll happen again in the next issue, the final issue of the story. Um, but uh, also very, very good. I don't want to feel like it's not. It was a very good issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Black Panther, the man without fear, fear itself, number 521. <laughs> no, it's actually Black Panther. keep going with honorifics. <laughs> um, two words for you. Ready? Mm. Hate monger. Hate monger. He's back. Yes. And it's awesome. <laughs> Wasn't hate monger Sue Storm? Uh, no, hate monger was Hitler. Oh, right. Well, the original hate monger. Basically, yes. the hate monger is this essence of hate. And what they did was so David Liss is writing this, and Francesco Francavilla is drawing it. And it's, I mean, it's fantastic, the art. I mean, Francavilla is great. But what, um, what's, what's hate monger's screen name? What does he post as on our site? <laughs> um, but essentially, what they, the way they tied this into, um, into Fear Itself was that uh, they introduced to this, this guy, this random dude who, like, He's a racist, basically. <laughs> and he's like, it shows in three pages, shows his life about how he loses his job and he loses his wife because he's ranting and raving about how um, the country's being taken over by immigrants. And they show like a shot of him recording a video blog with the hate monger ha- uh, hat. 
That's awesome. And um and so and, and he gets fired from work because he wore the hate monger clan hood to work. That's, like, that's just stupid. And he's like, You Why can't fire me for political <laughs> beliefs. <laughs> but um he's not, he's fire not you for being an idiot. But so then then what happens is that uh the hate monger essence is out in space, the real hate monger, and one of the hammers it, cl- it, clatch- it grabs onto the hammer that uh, the thing picked up on in New York City, and then it goes and finds this dude because he's a lot of hate, and he becomes the full-fledged hate monger with powers. And uh, he basically tries to run Black Panther out of Hell's Kitchen because he's an immigrant, because he's black, and but he- nobody knows he's-, he's in his civilian identity. And as a part of the way to... Um, combat it is the hate monger gets some goon to become the american panther and it's basically the black panther but with like a captain america guard but it's not t'challa so it was actually surprisingly really good when i saw the cover with the american panther i rolled my eyes because i thought they're putting the black panther in like this american garb but it was a nice little twist and and the art is amazing so it's like uh when punisher did that yes well yes but it's not the but it was the punisher was right. in that costume yeah exactly yes. so anyway frankly is amazing yeah um uh, starboard number eight i thought was interesting because um, I stopped reading Soldier Zero and The Traveler. Yeah, and then I got ha- over. and I got halfway through this. I was like, "Wait a minute, is that Soldier Zero?" <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused for a few minutes. Yeah, like, Wait exactly. a second. So it looks like they're they're cro- making them cross over. Which I mean, it was only a couple of pages, so it wasn't that terrible. But it's uh, only thought, a matter of time. Yeah, I thought issue seven was really, really, really good. Yeah. issue eight was good, but seven was six and seven were really, really good. Well, I like this one because the main dude—I don't know his name—but he like stepped up. Like the the scenes with him were were pretty cool when he like ex- basically accepted his his role and then and said okay now I'm making his plan of what to do I like that um, I had to you yeah, can't, I mean how many yeah. issues can you do he's like what 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 what, 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 what? Oh, I don't wait, know wait, what is wait, wait, what is going whoa. on oh wait no no wait no <laughs> by the way whoa. there was not a lot of um, Shia LaBeouf woes in that movie and <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> They should cast him to play this character. Yeah, they should. Uh, Carrie Randolph is really good. Really good. Really good. His style is different than anything else I read in yeah. other books. It's a bit more stylized, but he does really kinetic action really well. Yep. You really get the, you really feel these action pages. And and Mitch Gerard's I think the coloring is is is, is much of an importance to this book as Carrie Randolph's art. Like it's becoming like the, the the palette and the vibrancy of the of the the book feels electric, and a lot of that's from the colors. So, yeah. yeah, it's a really it's solid good. book. It still. is electric. That's very good. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you. Woogie woogie. <laughs> it's really hot. <laughs> I feel like I'm being slow cooked in this so room. You start, so you start quoting the electric slide. <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes. You can now feel slide it. to the left. It's electric <laughs> for you. Wait, that's a different one. I don't know. They all blend together. All, so, I, so, I assume, I chicken. That was summertime. All of a sudden, I'm at a bar mitzvah. Hellboy, the Fury. The Fury number two. Remember when I said before that it seemed like like this is gonna end soon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I don't, at this point, like, if you read, like, early Hellboy, like, it's all about the prophecy of the coming, and he's going to herald in the end of the world, and every, that seems to be what Hellboy the Fury number three is going to be. He's so, I, well, I, I don't know, either that or the world ends, in which case, that's probably not good for BPRD either, <laughs> um, just from a, I guess they could do past stories, but. Um, so, do you think really, this is going to be the final Hellboy miniseries? I feel like so there's nothing on the you know, schedule, right? I, feel, I we don't know. They're, I mean, they're being vague about it on purpose. I feel like it is time, and it, it is totally time for them to sort of end this epoch. You know, at a certain point, is, uh, you is know, Hellboy drawing this or no? No, no, he's drawing it forever. Didn't he, didn't he say he wanted to come back and draw? 
Uh, I think he I was going like to do like a few there's pages. There's got to be another know. one because he said he was going to come back and do another. That's another what I thought. Movie. Yeah, maybe it's the I last think, one. I think that what's going to happen is that they do have to close out this chapter where, where a long time ago Hellboy left the BPRD and he's like, I'm going to go figure out all this stuff. And he's been wandering around for a while and he was under the sea. And this has been going on for like 15 years. So In real time or comic time? In real time. In real time? And, uh, yeah, like like you know, really? like this story, this story, this part of the story has been going on for a really long time, and in comic time, it's been like twenty years because I forget because they jump around in time a lot. Doesn't it make sense that that Mignola would come back for the final story to draw? Yeah, but I, mean, I, I my my up. guess is they're not going to kill off Hellboy at the end. I feel like Hellboy is going to like end up living in a cabin with the woman of his dreams, and that'll you be know like you know Mignola wants to kill off Hellboy. <laughs> you know it. He never intended this to last so long. <laughs> but meanwhile, Dark, Har- Dark Horse is sitting on a pile of money. <laughs> it was a, well. What's funny is that Hell like, people don't know this. That Hellboy was a was a vague con sketch. Yeah. Like somebody had him like draw me a thing, and he just drew some weird thing. He drew, he wrote Hellboy, and yeah. he was like, oh, maybe I'll make that into something. And he did. Uh, and that guy gets ten percent. <laughs> uh, no, he got it sketched. He paid. He didn't pay anything for it. Screw him. Although that sketch is worth a lot now, I bet. Uh, yeah, you know, but but it was good. Like, but it's like it's time. It's time to to get past this bit now, which I, I like. Uh, no, it's Duncan Fergrito who draws it now, and he's fantastic, uh, along with Dave Stewart, obviously. You know what else I really enjoy? No. Besides not being slow roasted in my room, <laughs> is Flashpoint Frankenstein: The Creatures of the Unknown by it, Jeff Lemire. It's good. And Ibrahim Robertson. Yeah. Uh, really fun. I'm really looking forward now e- to the Jeff. Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Yeah. Ibrahim. I think it's yeah, Ibrahim. If anybody really, knows, really let fun. us know. Really mm. fun. Twitter.com slash I it's, it's a lot like Sweet Tooth. It, it feels like Sweet Tooth. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like there, was a, there was a dog character who didn't speak correct English, and they're wandering <laughs> around in the woods. And I was like, wait a second. It's, they're, in a, they're in a secret tunnel. Like, it's a lot like Sweet Tooth. I kind of was struck by it. I was like, well, this is very, there's a lot of very similar things. Hey, in here. write what you know. At least, <laughs> at least, at least, at least they didn't play hockey. I know. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> didn't let me get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's still good. I mean, it's still good. No, I'm not so. saying it's bad. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, so we got the first issue of the new Northlander and the last Northlander's arc, uh, the Icelandic trilogy, part one, settlement 871. Uh, with nine pa- parts with Paul as a set on art, which is I'll take any day. So nine parts, nine parts, nine parts. Wow. They're finished strong. Nine times, nine. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a, another really good issue. I, I'm actually <laughs> excited to see that this one's going to go on for a while. Like yeah. they're going to really be able to live in the story for a little bit. Yeah. Because I, it took some turns in it that I, I really didn't expect character wise. Expect especially one at the end, but even before that, I was like, yeah. oh, this is. It was good. It was really good. I, I just, it's so cool that they're playing with a, he's playing with a Viking mindset and psychology, which is so different than ours. And I like that he's going with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So those are the books that came out that we enjoyed this week. Uh, but you go to ifanboy.com slash comics, and there's a whole mess of other books that came out, and you all read and read them and did your pull list and came back and rated and reviewed them, and you get to make your picks of the week. So here's the top five picks of the week for the week of July 13th, the book shipping July 13th. Uh, who wants to do it? I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> number five was uh, Connor's pick of the week. Batman number Batgirl number twenty. Wow! Right out of the gate. He <laughs> <laughs> made he made three letters before he. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Batgirl like number twenty. Like four point nine percent. Number four. Not everyone was as confused as Ron with Green Lantern number sixty-seven at ten point three percent. That was a shock. And shocker. then and then people did agree with Ron with X Men Schism number one at fourteen point seven percent. 
And this is the time we're recording, by the way. Uh, Detective Comics number 879 comes in at number two with 21.3%. And then finally, Ultimate Fallout number one, 32.1%. So a great deal of people disagree with me and Connor. That, that's that, that's that's the emotion reaction. That's people. That's the that's the tearjerker click. Exactly. That's people talking with their heart, which is not bad. I, I, I can't. No. Yeah. But it's it was. No. Spent Schism was clearly the best book this week, and Red, Red <laughs> and Red Wing was clearly the number two. So whatever. <laughs> I say this tongue in cheek, people. I don't mean you like what you like. It's fine. We're get emails. Yeah. Big, Big Ben. <laughs> Evolution's so a show. Oh. You can make your pull list. You can make a pick of the week, and you can also write reviews. And we'd like to read some on the show. And Big Ben 2012 reviewed Punisher Max 15, gave the story a five out of five, and the art a five out of five. And at the time of recording, 1.2 percent of you made this the pick of the week. And Big Ben 2012 says, "Jason Aaron's scripting has shown me that while Frank is a mass murderer, he has also made me feel pity and even poignant towards our main character." Now, while Aaron deserves a lot of credit, Steve Dillon should receive equal credit. While Dillon's cartoony style at a glance doesn't seem to work with this title. He has managed to breathe life into Aaron's script, whether it's the weathered look on old Frank Castle or the face of the stone-cold killer in young Frank Castle. If you love the character, if you love character pieces with excellent art, this is the book for you. And Big Ben 2012 nailed it because that was my comment about this. There were, there were several scenes that pitted old Frank in a panel next to young Frank. Yep. And that was where I was like, oh, shit, Dylan is amazing. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's really good. It's, it's and it's totally understated. Like you can you can totally look at it and go, oh, he just draws the same thing over and over. Nope. But he will get you. He well, has been around for a long time. We'll look at it towards the, the motion towards the unfurled. towards the end. There's the side profile of old Frank and young Frank, and you can see old Frank's nose is different because he's been in fights and has broken it. You know, like yep. something as subtle as that. Oh, so good, so so good. Yeah, and fi- a great final page, too. Yeah. With, uh, grenade tossed into a cell. This is, I mean, J- Jason Aaron and Steve Dillon, this is a legendary run. This this Punisher Max is fantastic, and uh, this is definitely up there with Ennis um, in, in terms of some of the best Punisher I've ever read. So. Yep. Cool. So Kingdom of, uh, Kingdom of Evan uh, read and reviewed Alpha Flight number two, of which he gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five, and nobody made it their pick of the week because no one likes Canada. Um, <laughs> not to be trusted just kidding uh, again send your letters to Ron <laughs> no no contact 1-888-326-2697 okay so um, uh, Kingdom Evan says the characterization of Mac and Heather is particularly spot on here it's so refreshing to see Mac get, get so angry at having died so many times for his country but having so little to show for it Dale Ilshim's <laughs> art helps a lot in this regard Mac just looks so weary with a wrinkled face and graying hair Heather's heel turn a little wrestling term in the last issue makes perfect sense by the end of this one and to see her cooing over an empty nursery is just creepy as it's just as creepy as hell then of course there's puck he's back they just kind of breeze through that and that's fine by me this series is too short to get tied down in the in the his adventures in hell and explain why he's here he just is which means the gang's all here to quote the issue status awesome and this was great yeah, this was really good. This too. was good. Eaglesham was solid throughout the whole issue. Um, Pack and Van Lenti are telling a great story, and with things I didn't see coming and suspected, they're really getting into the characters. I this I loved it. I loved it. So. I like the idea that the government takes away um, what are their names, uh, Vindicator and Guardians' kids because they're superheroes and are dangerous, and so that's why uh, Vindicator's turned evil, and that's and the Guardian has has pissed. So I like the idea that they've turned against Canada because. The kids got taken away by the government. Well, yeah, the government manipulated them and all that. So, yeah, so. It's like, I've died for this country four or five times. Yeah, why can't I just... Um, <laughs> I want my kids. Hey, to be fair, that's kind of without precedent. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't true, really yeah. know how to act. And it is Canada. They wear the funny wigs in court. So, anyway. <laughs> they wow. do. They like, they parliament. So. 
<laughs> Ron at ifanboy.com. <laughs> you think that there, he's like, I died for this country. People are like, it's Canada. We weren't really in much danger. <laughs> you, maybe over, you maybe overdid it. Uh, so go to ifanboy.com slash comics. You can do your pull list and come back and rate and review your books. You might get on the show. And so uh, go ifanboy.com slash comics. Get involved today. iFanboy is a graphically site. And Graphically is your home for digital comics with over 4,000 comics from Marvel, Arkea, Top Cow, Dynamite, IDW, Boom, and tons more. We're not kidding you, by the way, with the tons more. Really, if you could, if you could measure digital information, it would be tons. Uh, there's something for everybody there. Use Graphically on the web, Android, or your iOS device. It's however you like. Oh, you could also have the, the, the app. There's that as well. If you're going to go in, if you're going to be at San Diego Comic Con, swing by the Archaea booth where we'll be set up there and you can check out graphically on, uh, on a bunch of different devices and see how it works. Uh, you, can, you, you can pick the one you like best for, for your device. And be sure to follow graphically on Twitter, uh, which is at graphically, uh, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash graphically for all the San Diego uh, news and updates and specials and things like that. There will be specials. There'll be little little things, so it's definitely going to be worth your while to follow on there. And get over to graphically.com, which is still the relatively newish redesigned website, which is uh, which works so well, which is so nice. And then, uh, so thank you. Yes. All right, time for fun. On to the emails. The first one's a long one, so strap in and bear with me. It's from James C. And the subject line is egos and sideburns run amok. <laughs> James, I don't know who he's referring to. And James C. says, listen, nobody wants to be thought of as a follower or wants to be told what to do. If I had to make the pick of the week last week, there would be a rebellious part of me that wouldn't want to pick Batman Night of Vengeance either. But for a fanboy to pick Moon Knight 3 saying, quote, I thought it was Bullseye. Then the guy goes, Mark is at you and I laughed. Or, quote, the reader knows more than the people in the book. You mean like Clark Kent and Superman or Peter Parker, Spider-Man or every other comic book ever written? Give me a break. So the Bullseye thing was better than the last page of Night of Vengeance? Ron, quote, well, it's a personal thing. It's what I liked. So Ron doesn't represent iFanboy. This is what it comes down to. iFanboy believes that if you're going to read one comic this week, it should be Moon Knight number three. Really? There have been two no-brainer picks since you've been, I've been listening, and both times iFanboy got it wrong. <laughs> Blackest Knight number one not only met but surpassed all the hype leading up to it, and Batman Night of Vengeance twisted to take on Batman's universe was easily the best book of the week. But this attitude of, quote, no one's going to tell me what to pick or quote, I'm going to piss everyone off, is a slap of the face to every iFanboy reader and listener. Everyone. The week... <laughs> hold on, hold on. Everyone. The, everyone. the week the Beatles, Sandra Pepper came out, I'm sure there was a music reviewer who picked some other album as album of the week because of his pride or ego or just to piss off his readers. And guess what? He was wrong too. And if Ron says, quote, I really believe Moon Knight number three is the better comic, then he's a liar. <laughs> the whole, my personal taste thing is such a freaking cop-out. It's cowardly bullshit. This is the reason I will never give you guys a dime. It's all about you. You have no respect for your readers. And just like Ron Sideburns, your egos are out of control. The sad thing is, just like Ron Sideburns, underneath those sweaty, smelly, lint-filled ear pubes, there is a set of real cool, understated sideburns. Moon Knight, give us all a fucking break, will you? It's my personal opinion. Comic book fans know what the best comic book was last week. And the reason people are so pissed off is that sometimes people feel like, feel like, to, be, they like to feel vindicated. They like looking at the pick of the week and going, yes, I knew it, not, you got to be fucking kidding me, did this idiot even read Night of Vengeance? Did he see the art, not the trace photos of Moon Knight? Your website and your podcast is a fucking joke. Moon Knight, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> he really liked Mo Night of Vengeance number two. He, re <laughs> he really did. Um, so yeah, so this came in now, now, for people who don't know, we, we, get, we don't get a ton, but we get emails like this every now and then. 
Yeah, not not yeah. not not too often. Not too often. Not too often. But we get every now and then. And so you know, we want to be fair and not always read the positive things and read the read the negative and stuff like that. But also, I think it's an opportunity to address address some things and things that people may need need to be reminded of or explained or whatever how stuff works exactly yeah. well, well first off so what first off what i want to do is i want to apologize to james that i did not agree with him on the book that i picked his pick of the week last week i'm sorry mm. you didn't like my pick i'm sorry you don't like you don't like josh's pick of not blackest night that two years that was, ago by the way yeah. july 2009 okay just so we're just so we talking about that two years ago um i'm sorry Feel for, there are other comic book websites out there that would be more than happy for you to go and frequent. And I can send you some links if you need them. Email us at contact.ifanboy.com. I'll be happy to show you where you can find other com- people talking about comic books on the web. Nobody says you need to come to us every day. We thank you for doing it. And to say that we don't respect our audience hurts me at the core because I believe, as does Josh and Connor, that without you guys, iFanboy is really nothing. So I have tremendous amount of respect for all of you for every single one of you listening reading you guys are why we do it so to say that we don't have respect for our audience is i i take personal offense to and i apologize if you felt as if we didn't respect you or respect other people because that couldn't been further from the case all right so that out of the way (laughs) well the thing is we don't we don't we don't there's a lot of things that's wrong with this email Um, Well, yeah. Well, we're gonna get to that after that afterwards. I think, well, I think we want to explain the, the Josh's explain how things work. Well, that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. You explain how it works. Well, the, the way that this worked, and this is this goes back to our our, our very most early origins. Ten years, ten years, ten years ago, years. And, yeah. eleven actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just the, the origin of the whole thing is that we had a little email list. Yeah. And we sent it around and we talked about our books and just a little blurb and we, we wrote to our friends and then we started the website and then we started saying, well, hey, let's just let's write about the book that was our favorite and we'll trade off. So one week uh, you pick the book that, you, that was your favorite and then the next week uh, you pick your favorite. And uh, it, basically me and Connor wrote a lot of Gotham Central reviews. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that, that's kind of how it is. But the, the site uh, then grew up to be bigger once we started doing the videos and the audio shows. Uh, it grew up to be bigger, but it was always still based around our personal tastes. And I think part of the success has always been the diversity of that. I don't like the same stuff that Ron and Connor like. We do. I mean, they, they, they go over sometimes, but like, I like different kinds of things. Now, if you came every week and, and it was always Ron's pick, then it would certainly be a certain kind of, of you know, book always there. Right. Or, or, you know, usually, or, you know, or any of us like that. But we like to think that between the three of us, you sort of get – a taste of what's going on in comics. And if you listen for long enough, not too long, you'll get to know what each of us are sort of into. And, and people will pick like, oh, I, I, I like the kind of things that he likes. And, yeah. and, but, and so the thing on. is, I like the fact that we had differences. The fact that you guys have picked books that I would never have read that I picked up based on your picks. That's why mm-hmm. we do it. Like that's what it's, it's, a, it's almost like a checks and balances system. I'm the Senate, is, you know. <laughs> the, we, I mean, he's obviously not new. He's been around yes. since, since Blackest Night at least. Yeah. And, that that's all right. So that's two years. That's over a hundred episodes of yeah. us explaining it every time yeah. that we pick the book we like the best. Every show starts off with explaining how well, it works. Well, so a lot of people tune out. Maybe people skip it. I can, I'll give them that. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he forgot. But I got. I hear. So you. the idea that Ron shouldn't pick the, be- the book he liked the best and should pick the one that will make everyone happy or feel vindicated, which is really what this is all about. Yeah is ridiculous and completely against what we do. And if you have been around for long enough, you don't still don't understand how that's how it works and. Then that's on you and not on us, right? And so, and then also the thing is, is that to tell me that my that my I, as a reviewer, it is based in my opinion. 
or Josh's opinion, Connor's opinion, that sort of thing. To tell me that my opinion is wrong does not work because you are not in my head. Uh, I read Batman Night of Vengeance. We talked about it on the show. I said it was fantastic. I don't like Batman. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take. It would take a lot to get me to, to pick a Batman book as pick of the week, just based on my own personal bias as a reviewer. And you know, and you know, I'm sorry. The book you you like the most didn't get picked as pick of the week. Them's the breaks. Also, um, um, Josh and I both wouldn't have picked it. Okay, well there you go. I we said on the show we both would have picked Jonah Hex. We both yeah. loved yeah. Night of Vengeance. We both would have picked Jonah Hex. Now, if you read his review, you would you would think he is on the forefront of this growing movement of people with pitchforks coming to find us because yes. we didn't pick the book, which means clearly everyone picked that book, but the three of us. So I went to the website to look at the numbers, and and you would assume. It would be a 99.97% percentage because everyone would have picked Batman and oh, three I, of I, us didn't. Connor, I fucking love you. I love you so, right now. <laughs> so you would think that you'd find Flashpoint 99.97%. You'd find Joan Hex with 0.02%. You'd find Moon Knight 0.01%. But yeah. in fact, you find Batman Night of Vengeance was the number one pick book with 57.5%. Which so is a majority. Which is it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an overwhelming majority, but it's still 6 out of 10, which means 40% of the people yeah. did not pick it, which means... Everyone has different tastes. That's what it comes down to. Exactly. And, and the thing is, is that, and part of the fun is you guys telling me, oh, that's bullshit. You know, like, I, we should have been this or whatever. That's, that's why we do the site, so we can talk about it. I do Nicely. Not, I, of course, nicely. Yes, nicely. <laughs> I do not sit back at my list and go, as you said, where is it? Um, I, I want to quote exactly. Uh, f- fuck, where is it? Because of your pride or ego? Just yeah, it says, it says, okay, so I don't sit back and go, you know, no one's going to tell me what to pick. Or... I don't sit back and say, I'm going to piss everyone off with this pick. You assume I'm putting way too much thought and effort and desire into this pick. I'm just purely, we all are just purely sitting down saying, what is the book I enjoyed the most? And I happen to have enjoyed Moon Knight because I like the way Brian Bendis writes. I like the way Alex Maleev draws. And I like what they did together as the book. I like the way Matt, uh, Matt Wilson colored it. it. It hit on every point that I wanted as a comic book. I don't now, even look at the website when I have the pick. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I strictly do not look at the website until I'm done with my review. I, yep. Just so everyone knows, I never look at what everyone's picking. Never. Um, yep. Now that said, I do want to address one thing because you know I am kind of into music and all that sort of stuff. Um, you make a comparison of uh, to Sergeant Pepper's, right? Mm-hmm. Batman: Night of Vengeance was no Sergeant Pepper's. <laughs> no, I knew Sergeant Pepper's. I knew, you, sir. <laughs> if if uh, Watchmen came out. I could understand that if Dark Knight Returns came out, I could understand that if you know if these Dark Phoenix conclusion came out, I could understand that. But listen, it's a, it's it was a mini series, a flashpoint that you are never going to read again in two years. And it no, was that's good. not true. It was good. That's not true. Well, possibly. Anyway, all right. But, but it, it, even even if it's it was very 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 good. It's not right. It's no, not, I, I mean I'm just reacting to the, to the, yeah. make the comparison as if I completely whiffed and missed this great thing that changed the industry and stuff. Like, it didn't. It's, it, it it didn't. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry you don't you you enjoyed it so much that you don't see the see the forest for the trees in that regard. Now and my final thing, and we'll move on. Taking up a ton of time. This is to anybody else who wants to write in. If you ever want to critic, if you ever want to provide constructive criticism to any sort of uh, media site or internet thing, kind of like as a lot of you do, and and uh, we get a lot of feedback as well as some of our other friends at other comms podcasts, things like that. The best thing to do, the best thing to do to get your argument across or to get your point across to us is to illustrate it by physical attacks on the person you're writing to. That is just the classiest move you can do, and I want to applaud James C. for zeroing on my sideburns and using that as his marker as to why my review was wrong. We, we want it all write you off. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And if you can't detect the sarcasm in that, I'm sorry you can't detect sarcasm either. But seriously, um, 
it, it was with elegance and uh, and clarity of voice that your email came through. We just had to read it on this. But honestly, the uh, it all boils down to, and he reveals it here at the end, is that he wanted to feel vindicated, and yep. he wasn't vindicated. And that's we're not here to vindicate you. Yep. We're here to, to say what we think is the best. And the, the 57% of other people who also thought of the pick of the week, there should be something to that for you. Yeah, which is great. I think that's fantastic. I think it's so great you enjoyed it. I think it's so great 57% of the other people enjoyed it. That's awesome. Go to the website and talk about it. That's why we're here. You know, so I and I and we're flattered that you take such stock. But when you say, does Ron represent iFanboy or is iFanboy Ron? iFanboy is the collective sum of the three of us plus the 10 plus other people who write for us. And the, the, what makes us what I believe makes us different from all the other comic book websites up there is that you've got you've got that collective voices working together as together and also as individuals. Plus, we're we're faces and personalities. We're not just a, a, a nameless website or yeah. person behind a website writing an article you know who we are you know how we think and what we feel so that gives more we tell you our bias is up front yeah exactly so yeah. yes ron does represent ifanboy and so that yeah. means last week's ifanboy pick of the week was moon Knight. yeah that was, our, that was our pick of the week right which by the way if you're trying to impress people with being cool with your indie pick that ain't it yeah exactly exactly <laughs> trust me because i've got enough shit at my comic book store for picking it too <laughs> listen listen uh i think i'm gonna go out, i'm gonna out of the limb here and i'm just gonna say that uh two and a half men that's that's the best show <laughs> that's about as it's about as mainstream as you get yeah i mean don't get i mean don't get like there have been there have been books like if i wanted to i could write about glamour Puss every time it comes out you know but I, I i it's a it's not the best book that comes out every week i enjoy it for a specific reason but it's not it's there are a lot of problems with it at the same time <laughs> so don't assume one. don't assume that we're out to be different or to piss people off or anything like that and 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 again like i'll go back to what i said at the top of this and then we'll move on because we got a lot to do and now we're running along um is that if you don't like it i since we i and i assume josh connery with me Sincerely apologize, and we thank you for the time you've given us. If you don't want to stick around, we, we won't we won't hold it against you. Mm. All right, so cool. But so, then Josh was wrong about Blackest Night. Yes, no, Josh was yeah was wrong, and and and, and and Connor schism. Come on, what the hell? So. Uh, <laughs> So if uh, you have any feedback or anything you'd like to provide, please shoot us an email, contact.ifanboy.com. If anything, today evidence is that we do read everything that comes in, um, and uh, we do take it to heart, good and bad. So uh, there you go. Cool. All right. San Diego Comic-Con. We're skipping the voicemails. Normally we voicemails, but we yeah. ran long, clearly, so we're skipping the voicemails. They'll be back, not next week, but the week after, because next week is San Diego Comic-Con. <gasps> <laughs> and we'll be coming at you, well, actually this week, depending on when you're listening to the show. So we'll be doing our show from Comic-Con. It'll be a shorter show. We'll just talk about the books. And- well, to be careful, we'll be do- we're recording next week's Pick of the Week while we're at Comic-Con. We're not right. doing a live show or streaming. At, no, no, no. We're, we're, we'll be recording from Comic-Con, so we'll be probably shorter and tired and drunk, maybe. Yeah. It depends on when we do it. So just keep that in mind next week. Uh, and if you're going to Comic-Con, just come see us. I'll be at the Comics Podcasting Panel Thursday from 4 to 5, uh, talking podcasting. I'll be on there with a bunch of other podcasters like Sun- John Suntress and Pants from Comic Geek Speak and John Mayo, people like that. So come see that 4 to 5 in Room 9 if you're at Comic-Con. And there's also a contest, Ron. Tell the people about the contest. Yeah, so this year we are going to be interviewing Stan Lee as we, we are off to do. We like to catch up with Stan at the con. Um, and we want you to come along with us. Uh, so go to ifanboy.com and in the post, in the red post at the top of the page about San Diego, uh, there's instructions. You've got to answer a couple of simple questions. Um, if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, uh, write us an email. Use the subject line, what was it, Meet Stan or something like that? Meet, it's in, meet Stan, Yeah, yep. Meet Stan is the subject line. Answer the questions. Tell us if you're going to be at Comic-Con and we're going to 
going to pick one winner, and you got to do it quickly. This comes out Sunday night. We're going to be picking the winner on Tuesday, the 19th. So get your entries in by end of day, Monday, the 18th. So you've only got one more day to enter if you haven't entered. Let us know if you're going to be at San Diego. If you're not going to be at San Diego, you can still enter because uh, Stan's folks were didn't want anybody to be left out, and so they're giving us a whole bunch of signed stuff by San, Stan um, that one lucky winner at home is going to win. And this is not limited to iFanboy members. Everyone is eligible to win, even our good friend um, James C. could win if he wanted to enter. Um, so go to email contact.fanboy.com with your answers to the questions. Uh, one winner. That San- would be awkward. That would be awkward. It'd be <laughs> awesome. One winner. One winner in San Diego will get to come with us to interview Stan on Friday, and then uh, another winner is going to win a bunch of signed stuff. So don't. No reason not to do it. The questions are ridiculously easy. We want you to win. All right. So also, if you're going to be at Comic Con, there will be a. We like to get together people and hang out. Uh, we've been doing it for many years now. And uh, so, Ron, tell people how they can hang out with us at night. Yes. If you're going to be out and about at the San Diego Comic Con, we want to hang out with you. So please join us for the iFanboy Graphically Happy Hour on Friday, July 22nd from 6 to 9. We're going to be at the Andaz Hotel up on the roof deck at 600 F Street, right in the gas lamp. A beautiful location, amazing view of the city. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be food, there's going to be drink, and good times, hopefully. And we want to thank Disney's Fright Night, who are sponsoring the event uh, in theaters on August 19th, and we want to thank Fright Night for making this all possible. And the best thing about this party is you don't need an RSVP. You don't need to be on a list. Just show up, bring your friends, and we'll all have a good time. So go to ifanboy.com, and on the post at the very top of the page about San Diego, you can find the flyer, the location, all the information, as well as a link to the event on Facebook to RSVP, and we look forward to seeing you there. It's a happy hour. And finally, if you're not at Comic-Con, you're not going to be at the party or the panels or anything like that, Stick around iFanboy.com. They'll have all the news for you. The, the Paul will be hanging around, chained to his desk, reporting all the news from Comic-Con. Uh, so if you don't get to go and you want to know what's happening, actually, if you go, you don't really know what's happening anyway. So you'll, if, you, if you're hanging around at home, you'll be better informed than everyone who's there. So check out all the Comic-Con news and coverage at iFanboy.com all during the convention. I heard last year Peter David got stabbed in the eye by Todd McFarlane. I may have got that wrong, though. <laughs> so go, go to ifanboy.com. Don't, everything's going to be there. It's all San Diego all the time. It's going to be fun. There's a red post right at the top of all the information. Yep, exactly. Excellent. We also have our, our Don't Miss podcast, and there will be a, uh, well, there'll be a special San Diego edition of it. There's a little shorty uh, where uh, we're going to sort of talk about some of the stuff that if you're going would be really cool. If, if you're not going, would be cool to think about going to. <laughs> How's that? Fair so we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna do some we're gonna do some stuff on the website that you can look for that, that will be there the panels and things to look out for. But uh, we'll, we'll do it's just a little short sort of going over it a preview. Uh, don't miss a little different than our normal don't miss is when we talk to which is when we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out that week. But you know who even knows what books are coming out that week? I don't I don't. Hopefully I have it's to write the, Hopefully it's a lot. I, week. God, I, you you think oh. Uh. Anyway, um, but if you uh, want some more podcasts, fun and goodness, you can go back in the feed and you can pick up. Um, most recently, we had a uh, audio podcast review of Transformers Three, where me, Connor, and Ryan talked about uh, that movie. Um, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And you can find that at ifanboy.com, or you can go get it in the feed if you didn't download it. As well as um, last Thursday, I talked to Sam Humphreys, the writer of um, Our Love Is Real, a uh, a indie self published book that uh, burst on the scene and was pretty hot. Um, and a really interesting conversation if you're into self publishing and, and comic creating and things like that. It's definitely a must listen. Um, and this week is Captain America week. Captain America is coming out on Friday, um, and so you're gonna want to go to ifanboy.com on Friday to read or review the movie, and then stay tuned because we're gonna have a podcast. Where we're going to talk about it. Unknown when that's going to come out, probably after San Diego, so in two weeks, or not in two weeks, but in like a yeah. week and a half, probably. Um, so, yeah, so keep an eye out for that uh, as we uh, bathe in the patriotism. <laughs> bathe deep. <laughs> bathe deep in there. Get in there, Steve. Get in there deep. 
Finish the show. I'm about to pass out. Check out iFanboy.com for the pick of the week review. That, that Connor, and if you have a problem with it, I'm sorry. <laughs> Connor at iFanboy.com. <laughs> Connor at iFanboy.com. He's not going to change it. I don't know what you you can expect, but there'll be that. There's all sorts of cool stuff. We're talking about all the stuff that it's coming up in San Diego. We're going to have Captain America posts, very timely, but also the other stuff that's going on. And uh, that is all, all the new stuff. There's Word Balloon podcast. There's there's stuff. There's a lot of stuff is what I'm saying. I exactly. work on it all the time. You can go to ifanbar.com slash about. You can see the social network links and how to hook up with us in various ways on the, on the internet. There's also the video show there. Last week we talked about Mike Allred and then this week coming up, well, it's, a, it's Captain America show, obviously. Woo-hoo. It's a movie. I don't know if you noticed. I'm excited. They have donuts that go with the movie. Uh, you can email us at contact.ifanbar.com. If you have anything to say, anything at all, and uh, call voicemail line 888-FANBOYS-3262697. Any comments, questions, concerns, discussion topics, we'll bring them back after the con. We won't be doing them at the con, yes, but after the con. And if you like what you hear, uh, for some reason, uh, go to iTunes, write a review of it, um, help spread the word, tell your friends about it, tell your friends about the show, tell the guys at your comic book store, um, and you can follow us on twitter.com slash ifanboy, tell your friends there, tell everybody that you like listening to ifanboy, or go to facebook.com slash ifanboy and tell people you like us there, too. It all helps. Alright, so, uh, so we're off to San Diego, so until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh, and I'm pretty sure I came off still dick, less dickish than last week. So, <laughs> still dickish. There's still time. I love dickish. how your Freudian slip is that you're still a dick. <laughs> well, I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Do a die suicide about the face a bit, cause I tried the waste this kid. Ready to embrace the biscuit to my face, pull it back, erase the kid, pull the trigger. But I figure that I got a little wizard, can't let him get trapped by the evil wizards. In the pie, genocide, homicide for you and not a try. I'm gonna figure this out till you died. It's a Three, two. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com. <laughs> hey, everybody. My voice did crack a little bit. Mr. Nimoy. Mr. Nimoy. One more time. Three, two. Hi, everyone. Three, two. Hi, welcome to the iFanboy.com. <laughs> I, I toyed with going low, and then I decided not to, and then it made me laugh. Okay. Three, two. <laughs> You know, we should just push through the first time. That's what we should <laughs> yeah.